you can't manifest everything. Okay? Let me tell, okay. I'm, I'm, okay, give me the camera, okay? I'm ready for violence today, okay? <clears throat> you cannot manifest millions. You can manifest finding a couple dollars on the floor. You can manifest a man, I think, maybe. You can manifest like certain opportunities, but you cannot manifest millions of dollars. You have to work for it. You can't manifest that. You just got to put a put a plan together. This is not I've for me, okay? And I can't wait to hear Donnie's response. For me, anything that I've gotten, I've it's something that I wanted, I put it on plan, I put it on paper, I strategize, I work for it, and I got it in terms of business. I think certain things you can attract. But you're not just going to attract millions of dollars unless you like, maybe you could manifest a winning lottery ticket. Maybe. So what do you think manifestation means? What do you think it means? Let's look up the definition. And why are you talking so soft today? (laughs) Let me see. (laughs) What do you think it means to manifest? You do have to talk louder though. Don't she, is she low? First of all, you got a cold? I am talking the way I always talk. Don't start with me today because you're about to go down the line of trying no, to embarrass I'm me. No, I'm not. And I will cut you. Manifestation okay? definition. Clear or obvious to the eye or mind. Okay. Display or show a quality feeling by one's acts, appearance, demonstrate. It's not even a real definition of this word. <clears throat> to manifest something means. <laughs> I don't think the culture created it. To, manif- <laughs> <laughs> to manifest something means to make something happen, to make something certain, right? And I still think you don't understand manifestation. You believe that manifestation is this dream that you can just dream and make it real. You say, oh, I want to raise $100 million and boom, $100 million happens. It's still faith and work together, Mm -hmm. right, in order to achieve the result. So to manifest something is simply a system in which you first have a thought that's followed by an intention or maybe the intention comes before the thought either way. But you have an intentional thought about something. This is what I would like to accomplish in my life. This is these are the things that I want to achieve. And then you maybe think on it over and over again. Maybe you write it down. Maybe you're somebody who journals and you're writing it down. And eventually it's like once you think on an idea long enough, you start to believe it, right? You start to believe that idea. You start to believe that you can have these things. You, so you start can to manifest become, the belief. No, you, you, you have the belief. You create the belief. The belief happens first. So it's not even that. You, you manifest becoming the person to act on that belief. So you have a thought. I want $100 million. Right now, today, what we have in place, we probably don't have what it takes to get the $100 million, but you've put that thought out there. The intent is to take this $100 million and build a bigger, better clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Now that we've put that out there, now we have to start doing the work. Now we have to start. Now now the idea is here, just like it was for the clubhouse. The idea is here. We got to get this hundred million dollars, a hundred million, a hundred million, hundred million. Now what we're going to do is be so intentional in our thoughts that every opportunity, every new relationship we're going to be looking at, is this person a seed for this goal? Yes. And eventually we will find, we will begin to attract because the energy that we're putting out there ma- matches the thought and the desire. Then we start to do the work. The energy or the activity? Both. All right, let me read this. Energy is everything. A manifestation is the public display or emotion or feeling or something theoretical made real. Mm -hmm. Manifestation's origins are in religion and spirituality because if something spiritual becomes real, it is said to be manifestation. Mm -hmm. So So manifestation is a spiritual practice. For sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's definitely connect because so all of this work that we do is spirit work. When you are believing for something in your life that hasn't happened yet, you have to have some level of spiritual understanding. Like we don't see God, but we believe in him emphatically. It's spiritual, right? We can feel his presence. We can close our eyes and we can feel like we're talking to him and he's sitting right here. We can feel like he spoke that word directly to us. This is all spiritual work. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Mm. If I have a product Mm -hmm. and you have some money Mm -hmm. 
and I use some sales training to sell you on you buying this product, mm-hmm. it's not a spiritual situation. It's I like, understand. Yo, I so you're you connecting a transaction to you're you're minimizing it mm-hmm. so much, right? So maybe the transaction isn't the spiritual yes. activity, but back up three years to you deciding to start that business. That I can feel. I feel you on that. When we start saying we're going to shoot for it, so we were saying we're going to shoot for eight figures. When we say that, what do you think that means? It doesn't just mean I'm going to make eight figures. Or if you want to make six figures, you need to shoot for seven. Shooting for seven doesn't mean just coming up with a number and saying, yo, I'm going to make seven figures. What that means is we have to plan and create a strategy on how we're going to actually realistically accomplish this. And most of us in this room have never spent time on it or we've done it once or we wrote down a couple ideas of what we're going to do. But that's not a plan. Ideas and a plan is different. An idea is we're going to rob a bank. The plan is, yo, we need to go scope out the scene. We need to get as many. We need to find who does what. If you list, if you watch one of those bank robbery movies, they always handpick what they need. They need a grease man, like the person who can like slither in certain, like who who's small enough to crawl through the crawl space. We need the muscle. We need a driver, hey. right? So, I think we really need to. Yes, what happened? Okay, we need we need to spend some time on what does it mean to yeah. actually. Go for it to plan it. Got it? You know, what's interesting about that is I remember a period that I went through where I was feeling really unmotivated to do anything. And I would find myself starting my days, taking longer and longer and longer to get out of the bed. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I would say something like, I didn't get anything done today. I just laid in bed all day and thought. (laughs) And then... Maybe after two weeks or so of doing that, I realized how important that downtime to think Mm -hmm. actually was. I did a lot. Mm -hmm. I thought through a lot. I got clear like that thinking time allowed me to get so clear. Like I had been affirming what I wanted, but the pieces, the the journey, the steps weren't clear. And so I'm like, man, if this is what I want, I still don't know how to get there. Like I know that I want this thing, but... How do I get there? And the how doesn't always reveal itself yeah. quickly, right? So even though you don't know how, you still have to start acting. And we got to start thinking through, okay, just give me the first step. How do I get this first step? And you take that step. I believe after you affirm, the mindset shift happens. And now you're so committed to these affirmations, you're starting to do everything, seek all the resources and the people and the opportunity to make these affirmations true. Mm -hmm. So your mind starts to block out that reality, that realization that you had. And now you're just focused. Like my mindset is is so high. It's so good. I'm feeding it. And you got to feed it. You got to maintain the mindset. You don't just magically have this mindset. So in the mindset piece, before we even get into action, what resources do you need to put around you? Is it somebody like an accountability partner? Like I would put Dave around me. Is it a book that you need to be pacing yourself to read over the next 30 days? Like you're reading Outwitting the Devil right now. What is that piece? So if it's, you know, like in your marriage or a situation like that, do you need to pick up a good marriage book that keeps you like, I know I, I, know I want this marriage to work out at the end of the day, but I need to improve my mindset and just thinking about it isn't enough. Let me get this book and let me let me commit to the 30 pages a day. Let me get this therapist and let me commit to one session a week. Let me get this entrepreneurship book, something that's going to serve and and grow my grow me in mindset because it's not automatic. Y'all, you got to be so intentional about this. It requires that you are so intentional. Like they say you have to wake up every day in a relationship and choose your partner every single day. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
in the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Hey, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on a couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Yuffie lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door. That way, no battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. You got to wake up and choose to be committed to your relationship. And we do it subconsciously. Sometimes we do it, you know, with thought. But you got to do the same thing about your success. You have to wake up and choose what you want out of your life every single day. I choose success every day because it's not it's not easy. Even once you get this concept called success, some people will just give it all back because they stopped choosing it. They no longer want it. They don't want what comes with it. They don't want to do the work. Somewhere along the line, mindset got interrupted. The mindset of success got interrupted. And now fear starts creeping in. Procrastination starts, doubt, all of these other things creep in. You've got to feed your mindset. I just thought that it was was so motivating to me because I'm like, yo, what opportunities am I leaving on the table because I'm not willing to do what it takes? Yep. Mm. What opportunities am I like leaving on the table? I just don't get it. You know, it's so crazy. Uh, when I first started coaching, I, you know, I just started helping people. 
They just asked me, I'm making a couple dollars in my t-shirt brand. You want some help? I got you. But I decided, people say, yo, I want to, you know, I want you to, um, I want to pick your brain. And I say, well, at least take me to lunch. Because I started taking other people to lunch. Yes, Would you, you believe did. that there were some people that said, lunch? You got your own money. I just need, a, I just got a couple questions. So they let lunch stand in the way of some information that could really take them to another level. And then I was like, all right, all these people are taking me to lunch. Now I'm going to start charging. And I think my first session was $100, $150, something like that. And there was some people, $150? Oh, no, I can't. They let $150 stand in the way. So this kid is a few thousand in. I haven't given him a dime. But now I feel obligated. I got to figure out something. I got to, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, we got to do something. But like, what is standing in the way of you getting to your destiny? What is standing in the way of you getting to your goal? I know what the number one thing is for most people. Oh, my God. Ego. Your ego is standing in the way of you getting what you want. Because so many of us right now, because we're able to see the success all over social media, we're able to see these results out loud. Many of us, and I'll say us, many of us are scared to start at the start. Mm. You want to start showing things when you have the clients that you want and you've made the money that you want, but you have to show the beginning and you can't be afraid to go to somebody and say, I need help. You can't be afraid to go to somebody and say, I noticed that you do this a little better than me. Can you help me? You can't be afraid to raise your hand and say, I just don't know. Instead, what you'll do instead is try to create an answer. Oh, I have an answer. I don't really know, but I'm going to say something that sounds good, right? Or we judge those people who can help us. We're looking at people and we're like, I know more than them. I don't understand how they got to where they are. And I'm sitting here and my information is better. Where is it? Where is the information? And instead of judging those people, maybe we should be asking for help. So ask yourself, is my ego currently holding me back from a situation? Raise your hand if you're bold enough, if your ego is currently holding you back from something because you're scared to ask, scared to confess, scared to admit, scared to try, scared to start, scared to go to that person who you're hating on for help. Nobody? Yeah, I was in L.A., and this guy came up. He said, man, I love what you're doing, man. Got a couple questions. What happened was he didn't ask me not one question. For five minutes, he was talking about himself. Oh, yes. And it was like he didn't want to, He wanted to, like, assert who he was for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like, oh, oh. Really? Oh, oh wow. Okay, cool. oh, I'm impressed. Right. In my head, I'm like, dang. It's, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the end. To put it like the last three minutes, I'm trying to find the end to stop the conversation. That's what's going on in my head. Yeah. He's talking to me, but I'm thinking, can I get in there and say, I got to, I, I, I can't get in there. But he just kept going. It was his ego. Because he kept saying, yo, yeah, you younger than me, man, but da 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 But you younger than me, but it was his ego. He talked to me for five, then asked not one question. And then after the conversation was over, it's it's almost like he got what he wanted out of the conversation. <laughs> it was he, like he seemed so relieved. He said, "Man, man, great talking to you, man." It was <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. So here's the thing: most of the time, the things that you want, you don't have yet because you have to become something. You have to become qualified to get those things. So the whole act of manifesting something, again, is having an idea and then figuring out who you need to become in order to attract the result, right? So you're absolutely right. It's not about just, let me get this investor, let me get this investor. We got to put a presentation together. 100%. There has to be a kit together. There has to be a posture together. We can't just roll up like we're looking for $100 million. Yeah, for sure. Let's sit down and have lunch. That's not how it works. So it's absolutely about becoming, right? You're And that's why we're constantly evolving. That's why anytime something big for you or anytime, anytime you are desiring something big, anybody ever been in a process where like your dreams are so big right now, you don't know how you're going to attain them and it kind of hurts. 
Like it's, it's hard to deal with the fact that you have this dream inside of you and you just don't know how to execute it. It hurts. It's painful. Anytime major changes to come into your life, you're also going to experience some form of major pain. It's just how it is. That's why there's a thing called growing pains. So when you're in the process of manifestation, you are absolutely growing. There's some pain associated. Pain can look like nose. Pain can look like delay. Pain can look like procrastination. It can look like a bunch of things, but you have to, you have to grow and evolve. What conversation are you having with yourself every single day? What conversation are you having with other people every single day, right? So, for example, when David and I decided that we were going to go for our very first seven figures, our conversation changed. It changed drastically. We went from what small event can we do, what $20, $10, $40 event can we do to then every single day became accountability. Are you on your goal today? Are you on track for your goal today? What can I do to help you today, right? And then the conversation that I was having with myself was more alignment with more in alignment with what do I have to do to achieve this goal today? Not what I can't do or how far I am away from the goal, but what do I actually have to do? How do I position myself? So I want you guys to audit the conversation that we're having with ourselves. Number one, are you telling yourself that seven figures is far away? Are you telling yourself that it's impossible? Or are you first telling yourself that you are qualified, you are capable, you have everything that it takes? I have affirmations all over my bathroom wall. I read these affirmations to myself every single day. In fact, it started with those particular, well, they've, they've changed, evolved over time, but it started with this seven-figure goal that we had. I had to tell myself every single day the level of success that I was going to be. I decided. I decided how much success that I'm going to have. Then that conversation spilled over into the conversations that I'm having with friends. So that literally meant that I had to stop talking to certain people about my goals, like parents, like significant others, like friends, because our goal was so big. It was bigger than anybody in my circle had ever personally experienced that they couldn't keep up with that conversation. And having those kind of conversations with people who can't keep up, there's a whole lot of, well, what ifs? What if this goes wrong? What if that doesn't happen? What's your backup plan? There is no backup plan. It has to happen or it has to happen. Mm. And that's the conversation that I had with myself and with every single person. And it didn't even take us a year to hit a million dollars. I think it took me like eight months or something like that, eight, nine months to do it. When I became super intentional, it happened, period. I didn't know how it would happen. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't concern myself with those details that I call trivial. I just got to work. I was having the right conversation. So that's number one. Emotionalization, right? The word I, I uh, discovered. You discover words, right? They were already there. Y'all didn't know that was a word. You said it wasn't. Emotion. Discover like, like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> I discovered this word. Okay, um, this must be in the Urban Dictionary because as I'm typing out, all these right, steps, first step, emotionalization. All is, right, listen. It is in the Urban Dictionary. Semantics. Okay. Yeah, because Apple ain't recognizing it. <laughs> Are we done here? Can, can we can we continue to teach? This is much like okay. bootylicious. <laughs> That's not a word. Booty-licious? All right, cool, cool, cool. Oh, All right so listen, here's, here's, here's uh, I believe, um, where, for me, I really cracked the code. Because we had a realization, we understood what the problem was, right? And then we started to affirm it. And, you know, I started putting up, uh, you know, affirmations on my wall. I actually did do that. I didn't know they were called affirmations. I, but one of my mentors said, hey, put, put it on your, your mirror in your um, in your bathroom, I'm gonna make $100,000 a year or whatever, right? And I'm just reading it. And then I got into this whole strategy part where I'm like, okay, great. I came up with a good plan, but has anyone ever stopped at the good plan? If the, the plan is amazing, right? But um, we can't seem to get our plan to move to our hands or our feet to actually do anything. And I think this is the misstep of there needs to be some sort of emotional connection to this plan. Because if you are, if you're just thinking and coming up with strategy and you've had a mindset transformation, but nothing changed in your heart in terms of like, this is something passionate for you. It's going to be really, really difficult to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. But the cool part is the more you start to um, 
embody this plan and come up with good strategy and stuff like that, you should start to feel something. If you don't, we need to figure out how to feel something. We got to like feel, I could tell that a lot of people aren't passionate about their business and they're just doing it as a means to make money. And uh, I was on a call with Patrick Bet David, and this is, this is something that I'm going, I'm going to have to work on. He started asking me, he asked me, Hey, what, um, you know, what drives you? What, what really like gets you out of bed? And I couldn't really think of something that I'm like strongly emotionally tied to. You know what I mean? He said, you know, things that he said, the most successful people in the world typically do something out of hate. It's something that they hate that they're fighting against that keeps them going. So like while I was on the call, I was like, I can't think about it, but I really, I remember I used to hate the like job thing. Like even if you see some of my videos in the beginning, it was all entrepreneurship. Everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Everybody, everybody. And I felt so passionately about it, right? But as I continue to evolve and I look at social media and people are downing people with a job and things of that nature, I be, my message began to um, kind of um, be a little watered down because now I want to consider people's feelings. But the thing that really drove me was the fact that if I am gifted and this is something that I want and not everybody wants to responsibility of being an entrepreneur. I'm telling you, don't, don't do it because do you it. see everybody else doing it. Yeah. Not everybody wants that. It it's, I, I don't got enough time to go through that. Go but. through to our episode. I think it's titled entrepreneurship sucks. Oh, <laughs> and, oh. and we will, we will help you get clear. Yeah. If you still want to be an entrepreneur after that episode, <laughs> you're made for it. I, I, I think this podcast thing for me is, uh, is working out because I truly believe that the average person can win through podcasting. Mm. Like the people who have hard time with high ticket sales and marketing and branding. I truly believe we're just in an era where people want a voice that's comforting to them. Mm -hmm. And I, re you can feel it when I talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that is like something that drives me emotionally. But how do you, Donnie, how do you create, and you got a bunch of stories of like the situation on your job and like those are the things that really broke the chain for you, right? Yeah. So how do I attach my emotion? Yeah. Um, you said something earlier and guys, I want you like, we're not just talking about it. This is part of my bathroom wall. These are my sticky notes with my affirmations on just one of my bathroom walls. Right now? Right now. Wow. And this is... This is dated May 15th, 2022. I update like most of these stay the same, but my financial goals are the only ones that'll change. So you'll see like the different color sticky notes just start to appear. Those are ones that probably have been accomplished or revised and I've, I've changed some things out. But you see these bent up sticky notes from the steam and the shower like this stuff mm -hmm. is real. Right. Um, for me, I remember the emotional attachment is really connected to my mom and my daughter. And like when we went through that period where we're pouring the gallons of water in the back of the, the tank to, to flush the toilet, I tell this story all the time. It was, it was when the bank sent <clears throat> a family into our house for a short sale. And this family comes in with these two kids and my daughter was so proud of her bedroom. Like she had the coolest, dopest custom bedroom ever. And we're there to let the family in. And these two kids are fighting over who's going to get her room. Mommy, I want this room. This room's mine. This room's mine. And my daughter is like standing outside of the door frame, just kind of like leaned on the wall, just watching these kids. And that was the first time I had never cried about losing everything. And my mom would even say like, do you even care that you're losing this stuff? And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Walk around sad all day, every day? That's not going to help anything. I accepted the reality, but I was affirming something different. But it was this day that my daughter's just kind of like leaned up against the wall, looking at these kids and they're fighting over her room in her face. And there's nothing I can do to stop this short sale. And that was the first time I got so emotional 
I had to run off and I went and like hid in my stairwell and just broke down crying. Like, how could I have failed her so badly? She's just a kid and her number one prized possession, somebody is in her face, not even realizing the pain that it's causing her, not even considering the pain that it's causing her about to take this away from her. I didn't care anything about what I was losing. I cared about the position that I put my daughter in. And my daughter came down into those stairs looking for me. I didn't even know that she understood what was happening. She's like seven years old at this time. And she puts her arms around my neck and she goes, it's okay, mommy, as long as that boy doesn't get my room. Mm. Right. And her being able to be so mature in that moment. And so like Deja never made me feel bad for not being able to maintain something or provide something or give something. Right. And she didn't really know a lot. I did such a good job hiding it, but it was in that moment that I said never again. And like Patrick bet David said, Mm -hmm. it's usually something that you hate. I hated myself in that moment for putting her in that situation. I felt like scum of the earth parent. And that's when I decided what my, or discovered what my biggest fear was. Mm. I said, if I don't correct this quickly, my daughter is going to have to look beyond me for what a, what an example of what a real woman is supposed to be. If I don't get this together soon, God, like I can keep walking around and acting like, oh, I got time. Oh, I'm going to do this. But if I don't get this together, this little girl will not look to me as an example. And I hate myself for that. And that's today. Like the 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 goal just got bigger. It just, you know, it, it's she's still the motivation. It just changed. It was making sure at first that she had a room to call hers. All the time. Right. Even when after that, I had to move back in with my mom. We shared a bedroom. I never personalized that bedroom for me. We shared a bedroom, but this is yours. Paint it the color that you want. Have your toys everywhere. Don't consider me. It's you. After that, it was moving into a school district where she could get an education. After that, it was making enough money to send her to college. And now it's creating a legacy and a company big enough that I will be her first six-figure employer. Like the goal just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but she's still the motivation because I literally hated myself in that moment for what I caused her to lose. If you value money more than information, you could quite possibly love your money more than information. Because if you didn't, you would spend the money on information. But anytime you don't spend money on information, you're saying the information is more valuable, or my money is more valuable than the information that I might get. When I go to these events or like, I'm not looking for a whole lot. It's like one or two things that I, I don't care how much I pay for it. There's one or two things that I'm looking to extract. And I'm thinking in my head, if I can get this, it's worth the 2000 If I can get this one thing, it's worth the 4000 So we got a, a boot camp coming up, a content creation boot camp. How many you been to? You came to two boot camps. And it's, it's two days of learning how to create content. Somebody DM'd me and said the tickets are too high. And I get it. It's just from your perspective. But like I've made millions understanding how to create content. I've been creating content since 2010, 2011. Millions of dollars understanding how to create content, how to paint pictures online so that I can grow a following. Because I know if I have a following, I'm not even good at sales. If enough people follow me, somebody's going to buy something if I offer it. So the ticket price, I think it's twenty. It's twenty five hundred right now. Would you invest twenty five hundred to get one or two nuggets that can take you to another level? What if one? What if one nugget helps you make an extra ten thousand this year? Because here's what I know about entrepreneurs: it's not a million things that you're missing. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your 
your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal it's one or two adjustments it's literally one or two adjustments tonight somebody's gonna unlock something tonight that takes you to another level it's not all the stuff. It wasn't the story about Cam. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the pitch. It, it was something that you're going to grab. I don't know who it is. Somebody's going to grab one nugget, and they're like, yep, that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm implementing how to, how to assert myself in a presentation, how to get my pitch down so I'm not uncomfortable in front of people. Somebody's going to grab one thing. Um, Bob Proctor even came back after The Secret and said that um, he felt like they put the idea of manifestation out or of belief out and, and manifesting a thing out. Uh, what's the word when some incompletely, yeah, like right. it wasn't right. a complete thought. It was a lot of believe, 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 and these things shall come, but they didn't put a lot of emphasis on the one. Yes, that's right? what I'm saying, yo. But that's not the, de they don't define the definition. They created the whole movement. No, they, they the created the movement of the law of attraction, which was manifestation. For, okay. David, Move on. We'll talk about something else. Okay. All right. Back to my journey of New York. So I'm there and I realize how amazing Pinky is and what a visionary. And I was actually in the airport right now uh, this morning and I was talking to her team with Dora and uh, we were, she was saying that her whole objective is to have power, not to become wealthy, rich, all that kind this of stuff. Pinky? Is Pinky. Mm -hmm. She's like, yo, the thing she's talking about is having power, but not for self-interest reason, but I want to have the power to change the law. I want to have a power to um, implement certain programs in school. I want, she's like, yo, we're building two brands, her Slutty, Slutty Vegan brand and the Pinky Cole brand, and they both work in tandem, right? Mm -hmm. 
tandem. That's correct. Good job. Give it up. They both work in tandem. And she's like, yo, I want to have more power to affect change, which I thought was super, super cool. And I don't think for me personally, this is like me personally. I don't think I was looking at it that way or um, until today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, we got to build a platform, not just so we can help people, but so that the brand is powerful to shift something, mm. to be able to make something happen in a meaningful way mm-hmm. for a community. We all talk about we want to help the community, but in essence, I would say most people, including maybe myself, when we start talking about building a community, it's self-interest reasons. Like, I want to build a community because I want to help people, but I like the feeling of helping people. Mm. So it's somewhat a selfish reason. I like that I can help you do something. You become successful. You come back and say, yo, you helped me. That makes me feel good. It's not about the dollar exchange. It's about me wanting to have the feeling of helping people. So your motivating force for building community right now is to support your ego. Once I talked about, once I talked to, talked to Dora about Pinky's objective, I realized how selfish it was. Mm. So people who give can still be selfish. You mm-hmm. give because you like the feeling of giving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you give to. It's just, yo, I I gave and I can go home and sleep at night because I know I'm a good person and I gave. However, I immediately started talking, uh, thinking about someone like a Martin Luther King who said, I'm going to do all this stuff but it's a high possibility that I'll never be able to see or enjoy the fruits of my labor right now. I'm willing to put my life on the line. I made my mission to have enough power, have enough influence so that not me and my friends can enjoy this, but my kids and my kids' kids can enjoy certain freedoms that I'm willing to give my life for. Absolutely. Uh, There was two conversations that, I can say drastically uh, changed the trajectory of like that particular year. I'm doing an interview and my boy Neil comes by and at the end they're talking about their course or whatever. And we end the interview and Neil says, Hey, you don't do affiliates. And I said, what's an affiliate? Mm-hmm. He said, well, if they have a, a product or a service, you create like this, this affiliate link. So anybody that clicks that link and buys, you'll get paid. So I asked the person like, yo, do you have an affiliate? And he said, yeah. I said, can I have it? He said, yes. But at the, at that point I'm surrounding myself with someone who has been making multiple millions for years. So he sees what I don't see, right? We're in an environment where it's happening. So certain conversations won't happen unless you're in that particular environment. There are certain conversations that you're having that are going to hinder you from hitting your goal. It just is what it is. In the second conversation, we were all in the mall. It was um, me, Pushman, Mitch, Neo. I don't know why Neo's always there. Maddie J, M500. And I was super excited. This one month, I made $100,000, and I couldn't wait to share it. This is like the first of the month. And I like the, the previous month, I made a hundred thousand dollars between affiliates and like all kind of stuff. So I'm waiting for my moment. We're all here. You know, you got something to share. You try to, you don't want to be awkward, but you want to share it. Right. I'm like, Oh wait, I'm in here. So I, I found my end. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, sh- this month I made a hundred thousand dollars and push man, Mitch, and not even in a, not even in like an arrogant way or like even thinking about it. He said, that was your first one? He honestly, like, no, it was like just, oh, really? Like, you ain't, I, I thought you, I thought you'd been doing that. I was like, no, 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 I haven't <laughs> been doing that. Um, but their expectation of me was greater than the expectation I had for myself. I didn't know. Other people knew that I had something that I should have already been doing that. And nobody in this circle is impressed. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's your first one. I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, man. You know, just hit it again, man. Yeah. And nobody's celebrating me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah. So I want you guys to get clear on this. The conversations that you're having to reach this goal need to be conversations that apply pressure. 
100%. So when we get to work on this goal, David and I are going toward this goal. And we got the same people in our circles, the Neos and, and the Mitches and all these people. But David was really like my right hand during this experience, like trying to get it done. And I remember that month that you did the 100, mm -hmm. right? David didn't take the whole month to do 100, just for the record, when you did this. So David calls me. He's like, yo, what's up, sis? Um, it's like, I don't know, like the 20-something of the month. And he's like, yo, what's up, sis? How you looking on that goal? And I'm like, yo, I'm going to slide into this $89,333.33. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you hit it yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. But the way I've projected these numbers to happen, I'm going to close out right at 89000 83. I'm sorry, 83, 333.33. So he's like, all right, cool. Let me know if I can do anything. Last day of the month comes and he calls me and he asks me, did you get it done? And I'm like, getting it done right now, literally enrolling somebody into my program right now. I said, what about you, though? Have you gotten it done? He was like, oh, yeah, I hit 100 like a couple days ago. I just didn't want to say anything and discourage you. <laughs> so what does that do for me? What? The pressure has been applied. Oh, you hitting it days before the month closes <laughs> out? Not only did you hit it, you exceeded the $83,333.33. I thought we were going for a million, but you just upped the game and you're doing a little bit more. You're looking at 1.1, 1.2. Let's go. David applied pressure. So then my next month... I couldn't take the whole month to hit the goal. I needed to figure out how to get to the month, how to get to the goal as quickly as possible. So again, the conversations that you're having with yourself, the conversations that you're having with others, but you can't talk to, to small minds about big concepts and big ideas. Talk to people who can apply pressure, period. It's fun to talk to people who you're doing better than, right? Mm -hmm. It's fun to talk to people and you're like, I'm gonna motivate you through this process by watching my process, but now is not the time for that. It's time for you to talk to and associate with people who are applying pressure. You hit the goal first, and then you come back and motivate everybody else along the way. Facts. All right? And even when you come here, like, these live recordings, and you kind of hear, like, Donnie's perspective, like, you leave feeling something, right? And this is, this is the reason for church, right? Every single week, because you feel something that, that you hold on to a little bit. Now, if church was only once a month. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's too far between like the feeling, right? So I'm, the feeling is important. Jonathan Green told this story. Um, you got to, where's that mic at? Who got a mic? You got a mic. You got kids, right? You got kids? All right, cool. Give her the mic real quick. Her mic work? So, and it, it, it really, um, it really like made sense to me. So imagine this scenario. There two buildings a thousand feet high and a thousand feet apart right two tall buildings same height thousand feet high thousand feet apart and there's a thin board connecting the two you can walk across this thin board but it's going to be really it's going to be really really dangerous how many kids you got two two what are their names kai and trey so kai and trey you kai and trey are on the top of this building right and there's a small board, and on the other side, there's $10,000. Are you going to walk across that board to get the $10,000? It's very dangerous. If you lose, if you, one misstep, and Kai and Trey have to grow up just remembering their mother. $10,000 over there now, because remember, you was like, you want 10000 a month? <laughs> yes. Are you going to take that trip for $10,000? If it helps my babies, yeah. Well, I mean, so you you would yes. you would risk that for ten thousand dollars to make sure that my babies were good. Yes. Gotcha. I would never. No. I would risk my life for ten thousand dollars. See what you're saying. Which if, if one misstep, because mm. you got to go over thin board. Just me though. Just you. By yourself, a thousand feet high, a thousand feet apart. I'm talking about tightrope walking to go get ten thousand dollars. If something happens, either I'm on the way there or on the way, way back. <laughs> if you're saying a thousand thousand feet apart, a thousand feet apart, a thousand feet high. Are you taking gotcha. that trip? No, I would look for another way to. You get, would look for get, another way. Yeah. Okay. What if it was a hundred thousand? 
still going to look for the other way. The way you explain no, it. If, 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 if this is the only way, you got enough time to go over there, get the money, come back. A hundred thousand. You're not going to risk your life for that? No. I got her. Watch this. <laughs> a million. No. A million. No. No. Okay. You're on one building. Mm-hmm. Kai and Trey are on the other building. The building's on fire. You got enough time to go over there, get them, and bring them back to safety. Are you going? Of course. Without thought. Yes. First one. Oh, well, man, without thought, right? right? The point is, you'll do some amazing things if there's more than money on that other side. For sure. But some of us are just chasing money, and that's why we're tiptoeing, and we don't know, and it's real, I don't know if I'm going to go do that. Right. But you are willing to risk everything you have to go get your kids. When I heard that story, it changed me forever because I thought to myself. My mom at the time. Is on top of a burning building and she's not going to be here that long and she'll never, ever be able to enjoy the life that she always desired because she's not going to go grind. I know it. She's done with like old hustling and all that kind of stuff. It's up to me. And it was, I, I had to do something. That's why I feel like $100,000 is probably the most selfish goal anybody can reach because $100,000 will take care of you. True. That's it. So it wasn't about like, let me make millions so I can call myself a multimillionaire and all that. It was like, yo, how can I go save my mom? She deserves, she deserves to go on a cruise for the first time. She deserves to go out the country. She deserves all this stuff. So it went hard because it wasn't about the money on the other side. You feel me? But if there's an emotional attachment, you'll do some amazing things. You heard the story, Donnie, of the lady whose baby was under the car and she lifted up the car. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have an emotional connection or attachment to something, you're going to quit. Just know that you're going to quit, which is why it can never be based on money. You're not emotionally connected to money. You're emotionally connected to the thing that money allows you to do. Figure that out. Like every so many of you want ten thousand dollars a month so badly that you're willing to risk your life for it. Mm-hmm. You're what what will the money like write this down seriously? Why do I want this money? What will it allow me to do? For me, it was to make sure my daughter had everything that she needed and most of what she wanted. Now it's providing an opportunity for her, my little cousin over there. Uh, who who works for my company now, my mom, you wanted to send your mom on a cruise. I got to send my mom to Africa this year. And it can't just be any kind of Africa trip. <laughs> right? Can't, can't just be any kind of Africa trip. She's waited this long to be able to go to Africa. We got to go. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's something like these are just things that you want to you, you want to establish a, an emotional connection with what will fail If you don't make this happen, who's depending on you? What will you miss out on? What are you running out of time to do? Connect emotionally, seriously to it. Man, y'all connected to something? Yeah. You've been thinking? I'm telling you, if a woman can lift up a car to save their their baby, for sure you can build a business. For sure you can make a few sales, for sure. But without that emotion, nothing happens. Being paid by systems to work. Being paid by systems to work, which is the ultimate level that you want to get to, right? It is not the easiest level to get to. Most of us, entrepreneur or not, will start off by being paid by someone else to work via a job, right? Most of us started a job somewhere, whether you were cutting grass or you had an actual W-2 job, right? And that's where we all start. And honestly, we want to respect that part of the process because your job will teach you certain principles and values and operations and processes that help you to become a good entrepreneur. Here's the thing. It is easier to be a good entrepreneur when you were a good employee. That's a fact. It's not required that you be a good employee to be a good entrepreneur, but it is easier 
to be a good entrepreneur if you were first a good employee. If you were a person who lacked work ethic and your employer couldn't trust you to show up on time, to be working while you were on the clock, to do the job and get the result, why would your client trust you to show up on time, to do the work on time, and to deliver the result? Guys, the energy that you put out will always reciprocate. Even if you feel like you got lucky and you hit the jackpot and you sucked as an employee and you're making it as an entrepreneur, it's going to come back and pay you somehow. Might not be through your performance, but it might be when you're ready to start hiring people, then you get terrible employees because of the type of employee you were, right? Or you don't know how to be an effective leader because you didn't know how to be a great follower. So if you are working... We said this once before, change the thought process, right? If you're working and you want to work your way off of the job, immediately stop saying that you hate your job. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Because as David said once, the money that you make on your job is the investment capital that you need to create your business. Why wouldn't you respect that? Wouldn't you respect an investor? When you get an investor in your business, are you going to do everything you can to please said investor? Let me make sure we got the reports right. Let me make sure I'm executing. Let me make sure your job is your first investment into your business. Yeah. How many people are, uh, you complain about your job every day? Okay. You probably didn't complain the first day, though. Right? Because you needed a job. Or it's a new job from another job that you was complaining about. And that first day, that first week, you're like, oh, we up. I, I can get used to this. I like it. But something happened along the way where your patterns started to kick in, where you get tired of everything. Everything's exciting, and then you get tired of it because it's not what you thought it would be or it doesn't feel how, you, how it did when you first started. And then it tailors off, and then you start something else. You get excited about that new job, and then eventually you're sick of that. That's a pattern. Yeah. That's a pattern. And it's probably showing up in some other areas of your life as well. Like, you start a job, you're excited, then you start to complain. You start a relationship, you're excited, and then... You start to complain. Not me. I'm just I know, who's you looking at? It seems like she's looking at somebody, I'm right? Looking into <laughs> empty space. Not I... me. <laughs> Listen, you're trying to. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so it's a pattern, though. A hobby. You start. You love it for a minute, and then you stop. How many people got that pattern? Sometimes that might be what you get today. The realization of my pattern. I love starting stuff. Most of the time when people say they're rebranding, what that tells me... <laughs> they stopped. You're stopping and doing something else. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm in a rebranding right now. You're just quitting. You just quit something and you're starting something else. You your, your pattern's kicking in. rebrand yourself to success. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, the brand is the brand and you're going to roll with it, right? So when, now, when I, I, I do want to share this. When I, when I started working at the Cheesecake Factory, and I kind of told this, I think, another episode, my goal... Was I noticed that I kept, I kept, I couldn't keep a job past ten months. So my next goal was to be there for twelve months. I said I can, I just want to get to my goal of being at the same job for twelve months because I'm ambitious. I'm an entrepreneur, but I can't seem to be consistent at a job. I looked up one day. I was there for three years, and I said, "Yo, I'm getting the hang of this thing, consistency." And then I started my t-shirt brand. But I knew I couldn't, that was the, my t-shirt brand was the first thing I started and was consistent with, but it started with me appreciating my job. It was like a whole mindset shift. My, my job started paying me to get better. I was late everywhere I go. Anybody like that? You was late today. You just knew you was going to be on time. How many people accepted the fact that you're late everywhere you go? And you're okay with it. So if I had to be to work at 4 o'clock, I would always be there at 4.05, 4.10. But in my job, it, was, it didn't matter, though, because, you know, I'm a server, so I'm just taking over somebody's shift. Typically, they have a couple extra tables, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're good. But I started challenging myself. If I had to be to work at 4 o'clock, I wanted to be there at 3.50. If I got there at 3.55, I'm still early for my job, but I would be pissed because I'm late for myself. For some reason, I can't do what I say I'm going to do. Piss me off. Mm. 
you should really get upset that you, for some reason, there's something happening up here where like your time management skills, every everywhere you go, and get this, you're probably late the same amount of time. It's always a few minutes. What do you think of me, David? <laughs> I think you're throwing shots. Oh yeah, Dottie, <laughs> it's a pattern. We all, we're all growing. Am I, I am right? always seven to 10 minutes late. <laughs> Always. So much so, I always bet Joe, I'm like, yo, I think it's going to be about seven minutes today. What you think? <laughs> Do you have anything right now that you believe you're involved in outside of family that you would lay your life down for? Uh, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. Mm. You? Can't say that. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not woke enough. I'm not woke <laughs> I can't say that I do. I mean, obviously, I would lay my life down. I would jump in front of a bullet for my mother and my 100%. daughter. Period. Like, easily. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. I'm busting back first, but if I got to take the bullet, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We doing it. Yeah. Um, but I, there is no mission that I desire to accomplish so strongly that I would die for it. Mm-hmm. I, ooh. Does Yo, that make us terrible people? No, I think it's just we're in the world. We we now, I think it's just the, the progression of the world. Back in the day, there were um there were especially in like the time of Jesus, the apostles and people that he walked with would they knew willingly I would have to give my life for this belief because it's illegal to believe in this thing, right? And then moving forward, they're still like in the uh Inquisition or um, there were people um, in, in the mm. time of Constantine where if you were a certain religion, you would die. Yep. You would have to die. That happens today. For sure. But, but it's, it's not as, um, I mean, you, you live in a Muslim, a Muslim country or you live in like China. China, you can't, you can't be Christian. You know what I mean? Like it's over. A hundred percent. But there are, they're dying by mistake. It's not like they on a on a platform saying, "Hey, y'all gotta believe." It's like somebody finds out. Like it's people that are like gathering in secret because they don't want to lose their lives. It's just we're in a different time frame. So we go from that time where people are martyred for their belief, right? And then we move forward to um, maybe like uh, a couple of decades ago, where okay, I'm willing to go to jail. I'm willing to like fight for my right, like a Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, but it was a significantly less amount of people who was willing to do that. Now we on the gram and we lit. We got things to live for. Back then it wasn't, I mean, look, look at how they were treating black people, right? What, what am I living here for? Mm -hmm. So of course I'm willing, I, I would rather die than be in this situation, but it's harder now because we have a better situation. That we don't necessarily have to die for. I can't think of any world leader in the United States um, that are speaking for us as a culture and civil rights and things like that. I can't think of a single person that I believe has a mission so so strong that they would literally die for it. Nobody. It's just changing times. It's not wrong. It's just the times are different. Activation. Is that next? Let me see. Activation. Yep. It takes care of itself. Activation takes care of itself. Well, so the thing is, it doesn't, though. You become emotionally attached to something um, and you, you, you're emotional about it. You know, like, oh, my God, you're crying. You might even have your moment where mm. it's like, I'm so emotionally connected to this because and then you still turn around and you don't do it. Like there are people who will just not change the way they eat. Even if, even though their doctor says, if you keep eating this way, diabetes is going to end your life mm-hmm. and you're still eating the same way. The doctor says, if you don't lose a hundred pounds right now, you're not going to make it. You will die. And you cry about it. You go home. You're emotional, emotional. You want to do this, but you still do nothing. Here's what I think though. I think at this moment we see what's really important. So I was actually talking to uh, my my friend. Importualization, huh? Importual, importantization. Did I say that? <laughs> no. I was about to say because that ain't a word. I was just, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna Asian this thing on out, uh, like. <laughs> uh, nah, because there are people that say, "Yo, I'm grinding for my kids." I got to go do it. It's for my kids. But when it's time to go do it, you don't do it, which means you saying, 
I don't really care about them kids. <laughs> Forget them kids. What's more important is my own comfort. I'm more emotionally tied to my own comfort, my own self-care. So I was talking to my friend and um, his his grandmother was just in a hospital um, with like lung, like a lung situation, right? Because she smoked cigarettes mm-hmm. back into mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. But she, after the hospital, she like, yo, she, 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 she stayed away from it for a while. But then she actually told her son like, yo, I'm going to smoke these cigarettes. She's like, yo, if I'm going out, I'm going to go out happy. So it's not like, yo, let me, I'm not trying to preserve my life. If I'm going to go, I'm going to do it my way. And I can respect that a hundred percent. But for all of you all, if you are going to do the opposite of what it's taking to be successful, you're selfish. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you're crying about your kids and all that. Cause I don't care what you say. We can see what you feel based on what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. I agree. Yep. I agree. Yeah. You can, you can see how serious you are about something based on the actions that you're taking. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we got to take the the action. Got to. And the easiest, you know, or the best way to do that is to identify what action steps need to be taken. And you only know what you know at this point. So that means that you don't necessarily know all the action steps. You want to get to that, what we say, $5,000 a month. You might not know the complete action steps, but we identified earlier that we're going to serve people at a higher level, right? Step number one, we said we were going to, instead of selling our $10 cream, we're going to serve, we're going to, uh, what do you call it? We use that word through the whole freaking quarantine. Pivot. <laughs> Pivotization. Woo. We're going to pivotization. <laughs> okay. We're going to pivot. We know that our first action step is to pivot. How are we going to pivot? We're going to, instead of the $10 bomb, we're going to serve 10 people at $500. So now that means that we have to outline that, that offer, create that offer. We got the offer. We're doing, you might need to do some research. You might need to work on your messaging. You might need to ask a couple of people, like, what are all of the steps that you need to take in order to make that happen? So we got to have the offer. We got to have something to market the offer with. We got to make a decision on that. We have to have a group of people to market the offer to. So now we got to take some steps on how do we find these people. And we have to think about once we get these people, we've got to fulfill this offer. So let's take some steps in making sure we've got some fulfillment in place. And then you also have to create a plan for the money that you're making, right? Because you're behind on bills. You need $5,000 a month, right, in order to catch up, or maybe 5000 is the number, but let's figure out, based on the expenses that I have right now, the expenses that I'm accruing in real time, let me also create a plan for this money. That might be all we got right now. Yep. Start. Yep. Go ahead and put the offer out there. Start talking about it. Join the groups. That might be all you have. Keep doing those same steps over and over and over again until it produces a result. When you produce a result from what you're doing, another action step will appear. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now.